Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Today we're going to talk about uh, the Texas Baylor contest and where the Horns sit now that uh, they're at four and four on the season. Uh, yesterday was disappointing to say the least in many aspects uh, for the Longhorns, uh, but I want to try to break it down uh, into all three sections of the game, offense, defense, and instead of just going to coach, uh, special teams, I want to talk about coaching as well as, as and uh, personnel. Let's, let's start with uh, what my Sunday column was about, and that's, you know, people, players are not stepping up in the fourth quarter for the Horns. Uh, yes, Bijan every so often, and yes, Worthy every so often, but the last three and a half weeks, uh, we really have, or two and a half weeks, we really haven't seen anybody else on offense or defense make that big play that could help change the game. Uh, is that on the quarterback? Is that on another wide receiver? Uh, is that on, um, you know, a defensive player to stand up and make a big, uh, a big sack or uh, strip, strip a ball? Um, I don't, I don't have the answer. I just know that in my years of watching college football, a couple of things ring true. Players that make plays in the fourth quarter are the ones that win football games. And right now, Texas has only two players right now that are making plays when it really matters. Without Bijan's run in the, in the fourth quarter against TCU, Texas may be sitting looking at three and five. Without Xavier Worthy's um, play earlier in the year, uh, you know, or, or without his play against OU and Casey Thompson's play against OU, uh, it, it could have been a blowout instead of the other direction. And, and Spencer Rattler might still be the quarterback at OU, uh, you know. So I, I get that some players step up at certain times. What's happening right now, though, is it's only two players that are truly stepping up on a weekly basis, and that's Bijan and, and Xavier Worthy. And Worthy, as a freshman, has had one poor game. Uh, Bijan was limited uh, severely uh, by uh, Baylor. Baylor did a great job against the outside zone and really sold out to stop it, uh, limiting uh, any free yardage or quick, easy yardage that Bijan had been accumulating early in games uh, to this point in the season. Uh, but personnel is, is, is intriguing uh, because as I look at it, uh, I think that there are th things that we need to that that we need to talk about to address uh, with the Longhorns. But before I get into all of that, I want to go down some stats from the game for those that weren't uh, that that didn't look them up after the game because they were uh, mentally uh, unsafe to to look at. Uh, Casey Thompson uh, for the Horns finished eighteen. I finished twenty three of thirty eight, uh, missing his last five of six attempts. Before that point, he had. Had an okay day, but down the stretch, uh, five, I think five out of the last six were incompletions. Um, Bijan finished rushing just, uh, oh, and, and by the way, Casey had one pick, two touchdowns. Uh, the pick uh, was, it glanced off a of receiver's hands, but it was behind Josh Moore. Uh, the uh, the uh, two TDs, one nice slant to Josh, one nice ball where he uh, laid it up easy to Xavier Worthy. Casey also missed some throws. Another deep ball to Worthy. He threw out of bounds uh, that likely would have been six or put in at least put Texas on the one or two yard line deep. Um, was maybe late on a few other throws. We can go into that if we need to. But I, I think if people watch the game, there's no need to to really beat beat Casey up about it. It's just that 
Um, what I see uh, from a standpoint of offense right now is Casey Thompson's not getting it done in the fourth quarter. Uh, one play that that strikes me as uh, particularly um, particularly telling uh, was the final drive where Texas had the ball first and ten, um, and uh, Sark called for a screen to Bijan. And the timing, Bijan needed to get his head around a little bit quicker, but Casey Thompson also has to put a little air under that ball. Uh, he, he just, he didn't even, I think the rush got him and he wasn't expecting it or expecting it enough. And that put him behind the chain, second and 10. Then second down comes, he, he easily, uh, no offense to, to, to his decision-making per se, but he easily could have picked up seven to eight yards on a run, but attempted instead throw a deep ball downfield. That was a 50-50 ball at best, well defended by Baylor. You could uh, knock Marcus Washington not for not coming down with a circus catch, but frankly, that was a tough catch in any circumstance at any point in the game. Uh, and that would have put Texas at third and three instead of third and ten. Uh, the next two plays were just uh, really poor, uh, you know, literally – uh, the fourth down play was thrown well, uh, but again, he actually missed the open receiver that was just to the left and just short of the sticks that probably would have made the, the first down. I believe that was Bajon. Uh, uh, so I look at it right now and I'm, I'm looking at the offense, throwing the ball. They're, they're having some success now with a, a deep ball every so often, but the intermediate game is completely, almost completely lacking outside of some stuff outside the hashes. There's nothing going over the middle of the field um, and are not enough nearly. And the RPO game is being limited uh, extremely. I think uh, Josh Moore, uh, I'm going to skip the running game real quick, but Josh Moore actually had a really a great quarter and a half for Texas, maybe one of his best since OU. Um, but then he, you know, it's like he took a dive down um, in the second quarter. He, he uh, fumbled he dropped a touchdown pass that you can say it was a knuckleball from Casey if you want to, but that was an entirely catchable pass and should have been caught. It wasn't a 50-50 ball. It was a 95-5 ball, and uh, he did not come down with it. Uh, maybe he was bracing for impact, but uh, that's not the first time I think we've seen Josh brace for impact and not make the catch. Um, so if you're going to brace for impact, make the catch. Um, if 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 that's the, the idea. Um, uh, Marcus Washington had maybe his most productive game as a Longhorn. He caught seven balls for 140, or seven balls for 70 yards. Uh, Worthy led the team four catches for 115. Moore had five for 64, did a couple of nice jobs on slants, like I said, even came back and had a decent fourth quarter, Josh Moore did. Um, the horns involved the tight ends much more last night. All right, yesterday afternoon, I'm sorry, uh, than they had at any other point in the season. I think they were they had six targets. Uh, Kay Brewer had three, Jared Wiley with two, and then Juan Davis actually had a run uh, that I kind of count as a target. Uh, but that's that's six overall for those guys, which I thought was interesting given that uh, Eric Nalin had uh, put in his notes earlier this week uh, that Texas would focus a little bit more on uh, the utilizing the tight end. It's interesting that after doing that, Juan Davis is the freshman that got the call to come on the field in addition to Kay Brewer and Jared Wiley. 
So uh, that's that's something for us uh, us to note. For the rushing attack, there actually um, were two things I want to point out. Texas uh, rushed for right at 100 yards on the day. Bijan was bottled up uh, 17 for 43. I, I don't think he had a run for more than 10 yards all day. Uh, but the other two that I do want to mention are Casey Thompson had five rushes for 31, and that includes sack yardage. So when he was able to get out and run, he actually made great yardage. Uh, Roshan Johnson had five carries from for 23 yards, much of that from the Rocat, uh, Wildcat, Rocat, whatever you want to call it. Um, Texas may need to look at using that more in red zone uh, situations. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't think they've been stopped on that play this year. Uh, at the same time, you know, once you start doing it too much, uh, opposing defenses can line up and just stop the run. Uh, I am uh, I'm concerned about uh, Casey Thompson right now looking too much downfield and not to his checkoffs. Uh, the, the number of receptions by running backs yesterday, I think it was one. Uh, and there were multiple times that uh, Thompson could have checked down throughout the game. He tried to do it early, but, uh, you know, he just he didn't follow through with it after the game got going uh, is my my feeling. Um, I wish I could sit here and give you a, a better uh, prognostication or a better prediction of where I see this offense going. But right now, I think they're in search of answers. Um, they have not scored many points in the last two and a half, two and a half games. Um, uh, the most they're scoring is 14 and a half right now, I think, or 21 and a half. And basically against um, a team that's going to score 31, that's just not going to be enough. Uh, you have to score, and I've said this for 10 years now, if you don't score 30, 30 points, in the Big 12 per game, you're unlikely to win, period. That's been the case forever. There will be teams that will score 30 and still lose. Uh, but if you look across the conference and on a game-by-game -game basis, if you don't score 30, you're likely going to lose. And Texas right now is not scoring 30 points a game. Uh, you can say that's because of the play disparity. I mean, you could, you could put a number of things on it, but right now, the Texas offense is mired in, it's not mediocre. It's not, um, the only mediocre aspect was probably the second half against Oklahoma State, but it's it's mired in averageness, if for lack of a better term. Uh, they're not doing anything that people aren't expecting. They're not um, capitalizing on plays. They're not, they're not, uh, uh, there seems to be a lack of cohesion right now. Uh, and I mentioned that, you know, Texas is just not as sharp. I still think uh, Casey has to hit the backs more frequently and quicker to get them involved in the game, to get the downfield passing even opened up later in the game. Um, you know, maybe that's something that Texas can work on uh, this week and, and possibly what is they worked on uh, by getting the tight ends more involved uh, in the game plan. Uh, but I think next, next up has to be the, the running backs because, uh, downfield passing is clearly not, uh, what Casey Thompson's meant to do. He's pretty good on timing. He does not. The, the other thing that Casey's, and I'm, I'm going to talk about Casey now a little bit, that Casey's having problems with the bubble screen is almost completely out of the Texas offense. 
right now. And the reason for that is that teams have now figured out that Casey's arm strength isn't strong enough to put that receiver, strong enough and quick enough to put that receiver on the bubble screen into a really good position to make yardage after catch. Uh, they're, they're able to jump it and make a tackle at, at or near the line of scrimmage. So what you saw against OU, for example, is you had you saw in Xavier Worthy 75-yard touchdown, you had the receiver act or the, the um, defensive back actually engage with the outside receiver, Marcus Washington. Now uh, teams are are coaching it a little bit different in that they will sometimes uh, uh, coach it that way, but they're also uh, allowing uh, the disruption from the immediate uh, area defender first. Um, so be aware of that and let the and letting the flow come to them afterwards. The problem is I don't know if Casey's lost arm strength as the season went got, went on, or if it's partially because of his thumb and it may still be bothering. I'm, I'm just not sure. But the velocity for Casey on those those uh, bubbles have, have definitely gone down, as have, I think, a, a few of his passes. So it, it may be um, he's still dealing with some injury uh, there as well. So I don't I, I don't have the answer for the offense. I still think they need to get the running backs involved more in the passing game earlier uh, to set up downfield shots later. Uh, I think that uh, they probably need to do more even more RPO stuff. Uh, Thompson seems to have a, a good feel for that. Um, I would, I, you know, I, as I look back at the game and I, I think about um, Texas and, you know, synchronization and, and execution, the second drive, Texas scored uh, the fir their first drive of the game. Again, uh, uh, Baylor threw a pick on the second play. Texas uh, got the ball and scored on an RPO from Thompson to uh, Josh Moore. The problem with that is the very second drive, and this deals with inconsistency largely that I see at Texas. Um, the second drive, Texas coming out of a timeout gets a uh, delay penalty, and then that's first first and 15. Then he's sacked, then Casey's sacked, and then it's second 18. And then it's a three-yard gain from Bijan, and then it's third and 15. And all of a sudden, Texas is kicking right back. And those are two negative plays in a row. Um, and it's that type of negative consistency that will get you beat and get you out of um, sync on offense. And for whatever reason, um, Texas is having a problem right now getting past that. Um, so what needs to happen on, on offense? Does it need to be, does Casey Thompson need to take a rest? Does Hudson Card need to be inserted? I don't know. Um, I think it's possible, uh, but I also don't know. Uh, I don't know if Casey is making progress on hitting more check downs. If he were, I think I would be more inclined to, to stick with Casey right now. Uh, but that that would be coming from the co head coach and the office coordinator knowing what they're they're talking to him about in week uh, on a very detailed basis. If that's not the case, if he's not making those progressions and not being able to see things, I did think he moved, I, I thought Casey moved around the pocket better, but not elite yesterday. Um, 
if he's not making those adjustments and making those improvements, then I think that's when you have to look for someone else that I think has the arm strength to make the bubble play work. Um, that's Hudson Card. He has uh, an ability to make the quick reads, I think, to the outside for his safety valves. He did that really well in the games that he he uh, played this year, uh, especially against Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, you saw a lot of catches from the backs there. Uh, I think he was ambushed in, at Arkansas. I mean, I, I think anybody would have been ambushed at Arkansas based on what the offensive game plan was and what happened uh, to the offensive line in that, that game. So at, at the same time, I'm not here to, you know, say – definitively one way or the other. I think both are good players. I don't know, though, that Texas is getting elite quarterback play. I know Texas is not getting elite quarterback play. I think they're getting average quarterback play, and I think they're getting poor quarterback play in the fourth quarter and largely in the second half, and they have for the last three games. Um, if that's the case, you, you can't have – that, that there, there may need to be a change made at that key position on the football team. Will it be made? I, I don't know because, again, if Sark rolls out with Casey Thompson, he knows more about uh, that situation than, than anybody here pontificating might. Um, this isn't a situation where a Hudson Card is going to be the, the one-man answer to the whole woes of the Texas program like, frankly, Caleb Williams was at Oklahoma. That's just not the same situation. We know that from, from watching what we've seen of Card to this point. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic going on in Austin right now as it relates to, to the quarterback situation. All right, um, defense. And, you know, I, I think that uh, it's very interesting that on offense we talk about individual players a lot. Um, defense, we've – talk more about scheme, uh, which means coaching uh, and implementation of coaching strategies. Uh, and it's the bend but don't break uh, style of Pete Kwiatkowski that everybody uh, was familiar with on the front end, uh, but unfamiliar with this late in the season. Uh, Texas got was rushed on for 199 yards. It was actually over 200 at one point during the game until Baylor fumbled a snap and lost five yards or fumbled a handoff and lost five yards and then took a knee for a couple of yards um, uh, to end the game. Um, you know, I, I look at it in bend, but don't break. And Paul Wadlington, Scipio Tech, said this the best. It's not bend, but bend, but break. It's bend and break right now. Uh, uh, Baylor had five red zone opportunities yesterday. Uh, and they scored on four of them, uh, touchdowns on all four of them, or on four of the five. That's not great red zone defense. Um, that's not manageable red zone defense. That's not bend but don't break and we can get by with this defense. That's allowing uh, the other team to score almost at will, and that's what they did in the, in the second half. Baylor had the ball only five times in the second half. The first three were drives of 75 and 80 yards. The other one was a short field, um, a relatively short field, uh, like 50, because of the uh, uh, the Cameron Dicker uh, inexplicably uh, going for it on fourth and 14. Um, so those are the first three drives, all touchdowns coming out of the break. 
So um, that's not good coaching. That's not good scheme. That's not good uh, anticipation of what you're going to see in the second half from a team. Uh, I can put that all on them. At the same time, I think that I look at what Texas has at linebacker. Uh, Texas running mostly a 3-4 look, really, um, in this game. At linebacker, you have two transfers starting for you, Ray Thornton and Oyo Akufu, who are transfers that didn't start at their respective teams previously. You have Luke Brockermeyer, who is a hard worker. I even made an interception yesterday, so you don't want to – I'm not trying to pile on these players. They're clearly the best Texas has, or else they wouldn't be seeing the playing time. But you have Luke Brockermeyer as a former walk-on who doesn't have ideal speed, doesn't have ideal arm length to get off, and is not really great at getting off, off of um, tackles and blocks, and doesn't necessarily fill lanes with the authority some others do. Uh, or might like Jalen Ford. Um, and then there's DeMarvion Overshone, who has the penchant for the big play. And even, even uh, DeMarvion made a couple of really nice plays yesterday that were some sudden plays, uh, in particular one where he, I think, uh, forced Bohannon into a poor, poor pass. But overall, um, the linebacker play at Texas is, has been atrocious. I mean, I don't think there's any other way I can um, uh, categorize that. And, and next to that atrociousness is the safety play. So uh, Quandre Diggs, who I, you know, Quandre is a, a great guy, and he's talking about how Texas was in a too high safety yesterday at the end of the game. They weren't um, for much of it. And maybe one or two, you know, one or two plays in the fourth quarter, not much at all. The, the issue there isn't that – the issue is that they're just not really good tacklers and sure tacklers. And they're not, I, I feel like Jaron, I'll, I'll give you an example. I feel like Jaron Thompson is the most instinctive of all safeties. He made a great fourth down stop on um, Abram Smith. Uh, he read a hole, got into it. Not unlike what he did against Caleb Williams, where he missed the tackle on the, uh, the long touchdown run when he bowed his head. This time he kept his head up and took Abram Smith to the ground on the fourth down run. I feel like Thompson is the most instinctive of all the safeties. Unfortunately, I also think he's the, the least athletic of the group and least fast of the group. So that puts him in disadvantages on plays where he's trying to fill a lane uh, on a, an option play that killed Texas so much yesterday. Um, Brennan Schooler and BJ Foster. Foster had a nice pick yesterday, but he gets lost in the secondary way too often. Uh, Schooler um, is very active, uh, but also gets lost in the wash a little bit. Um, so I, I feel like uh, Texas is in a situation right now where they just uh, they don't have the personnel that they need to run this bend but don't break because your back end has to be the glue on bend but don't break. You, have, you ask a lot of your linebackers and you ask a lot of your safeties. And I just don't, I don't see that um, from the Texas defensive uh, secondary or the linebackers right now. I, I, I want to give you a stat that was eye-opening to me. Um, part, you know, we can talk about the defensive line and their, their problems or whatever problems are being imposed on them, maybe. Um, the, the issue that I see is that Texas is not 
causing much disruption from the from the defensive line. That's by design somewhat. They're trying to control lanes and gaps. And the problem with that is Texas didn't recruit those type of linemen in the first place. And so they're learning on the fly and they're not learning at a pace fast enough to win football games. Um, and so I think at that point, Steve Skirt, Sarkeesian or Pete Kwiatkowski have to line up and say, okay, what do we do differently? I was hoping that that would come in the off week, but instead I did not see that. Um, but let me give you this one stat that, that may floor you. Against Baylor, um, five, five people had the most tackles any one person had was five. Uh, Ovi Ohufu, uh, Blake Brockermeyer, or Blake, uh, Luke Brockermeyer, Ray Thornton, uh, DeMarvin Overshone, and Josh Thompson all had five. Uh, the leading defensive lineman for tackles was Alfred Collins with three. He also had a nice I think it was him that stripped the fumble, either him or, or Keandre Coburn. I think it was, um, I think it was uh, Collins on review uh, uh, stripping that. Uh, I think the TV guy get, got that wrong. Um, but then also uh, Byron Murphy had three. And so Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford had three in very limited action comparatively. Um, Murphy is much more active uh, defensive lineman than the other guys uh, from a nose tackle perspective. But this is the stat I want to read to you that just floored me. Keandre Coburn and Tavondre Sweat yesterday combined, Tavondre Sweat and Keandre Coburn combined for zero tackles. Jared Wiley had more tackles than Keandre Coburn and Tavondre Sweat combined. That's that's not good. Um, I don't care if if you're running a, you know, if you're that means you're not even clogging the lane that you're supposed to clog that they run into sometimes, or that the people around you are, aren't doing their job to clog the lane and they run into. You. Um, I, I wish I could sit here and and try to uh, explain all of the issues, but uh, they go deep. And, you know, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not the guy that can do that the best uh, in a way that, and articulate it in a way that I think everybody would understand. My point being that I think it's a combo issue right now at Texas on defense. I think they have average linebacker play to below average linebacker play across the board with possible exception of DeMarvian Overshone in blitzing and, um, uh, pass defense uh, uh, things. He is not great, not very good against the run. Um, and then uh, the other issue is I think that the safeties are, are limited. And so you're playing, you know, six of your 11 players, not sure that they're, you know, they're as good as most of what Texas has seen at that position in, in the last uh, last three weeks. I, I absolutely think that Oklahoma State has better linebackers and better second and better guys um, uh, on the edge and uh, for their outside linebackers and also uh, safeties. I absolutely think Oklahoma has better safeties and better uh, linebackers. And I absolutely think Baylor does as well. I mean, Baylor is really, really strong up the middle uh, with their linebackers. 
I think Dylan Doyle had double digit tackles for them. And then you have Terrell Bernard and uh, Jalen Peter, who I thought was uh, one of the differences in the game for Baylor. So I, I look at it and I just, I don't see a Texas defense that's um, playing together. And I don't see any play. I don't see the playmakers there to make the plays when the game's on the line. Um, and, you know, you can take that as a uh, indictment of the coaching staff or the personnel on the field and the decisions being made there. Uh, but whatever it is, it's clearly not getting done when it's time to, to go make hay. Uh, uh, Texas did not play well uh, on Saturday on defense. In the second half, it was um, it was pathetic, uh, frankly. Three out of the four real drives, the only drive that uh, Baylor was stopped on, Baylor stopped themselves uh, with the five-yard fumble on second and nine. You know, uh, and, and Texas at that time was just going to try to look to tie anyway. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have all the, the, the answers, uh, but I know that getting rushed on for 200 yards – uh, with a quarterback, frankly, that should have been challenged more. Um, I think if Texas would have challenged Jerry or Gary Bohannon, um, the, the outcome may have been different. Uh, but, you know, he's uh, Pete Kwiatkowski is refusing to challenge him. And I, I think that Texas is getting just desserts right now uh, from, from its actions. Um, where do we go from here? Where, what's next for Texas? And, you know, I, I'm not one of these guys that thinks that um, everything is, is uh, easily done. There's no, you know, snap my fingers and make this happen. Uh, but if I were looking forward, uh, what I would be addressing right now in the coaching room is um, really trying to, to focus on getting the ball to the backs out of the backfield and checking down. Um, and trying to get uh, more cohesion in the passing game and then just find receivers that will make plays every time. You can't drop touchdown passes. You can't throw a wide-open guy into the sideline. Um, those, those are big opportunities, and those are that's 14 points, by the way. The Josh Moore touchdown is, is, a, is a score. The Xavier Worthy, that's a score. That's 14 points. Came on different drives. Um, so, you know, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, I'm looking at that going, well, I, I should have scored, you know, almost 40 in this game. But he didn't because his players didn't step up and make plays. On defense, I think it's a little bit different. I think that Texas needs to consider um, what it's doing on defense right now in a larger perspective. Um, the personnel they have on defense is not equipped uh, to run what they want to run. Um, it's just not. And uh, I, I, I lament Xavier Alford's transfer to USC because I think he would be a, a potential answer right now at, at one of the safety spots because he actually has some athleticism and some in instincts uh, to him. Uh, but you know, Texas is rolling out there with the, what they're rolling out there. And I still have not seen the light bulb come on for B.J. Foster or Brennan Schooler in this defense. I think Jaron Thompson understands it, understands it uh, pretty well and is, is instinctive. I just don't know that he's a A-plus um, athlete. 
to, to really make plays back there. I think he's a solid piece of the puzzle, not unlike someone like Blake Gideon, to be honest, where Blake would um, outsmart you as much as anything else. I think that's where Jaron Thompson's probably headed with his career. He's going to be a really good player. It's just, you know, at what point is he good enough to really be great back there? He's not going to be unless they can get a pass rush, with, which they are not generating. Um, and he's not going to um, necessarily ever be a great um, blitzer because he's just not athletic enough. Um, all right. I think, I think I went over what I needed to go over today um, and where, where I'm feeling right now. Uh, I did not have a guest today. Uh, I got up early and, and wanted to shoot this podcast this morning before and videocast before uh, everything got started today. Lots of the NFL games I know. We've got a lot of recruiting coming up this week. Um, I'm speaking with Jerry Hamilton tomorrow. I hope to do a state of the program with Eric Nalin later today. Uh, and then we'll also have Joe Cook on Tuesday and then so on. Uh, but uh, I hope I wasn't too long. I hope I didn't drone on for you. Um, I'm sure this is my first try at, at, at doing one solo. Uh, but uh, at any rate, thanks for listening. Uh, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel by just pressing the red button uh, on the right-hand portion of your lower right-hand portion of your screen. Uh, also, please consider a subscription uh, to InsideTexas.com. Uh, Inside Texas is a place where I'm at every single day of the year, it seems like. Also, Eric Nalin, uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, Ian Boyd, Joe Cook, Justin Wells, Paul Wadlington, uh, and if I'm missing some, oh, Hudson Standish is a, a new addition from the recruiting perspective. So, uh, I feel like we cover Texas football uh, as well as, as as anyone, if not better. And please consider a subscription to us uh, at that point. All right, uh, that's going to be it for this week uh, or this uh, episode of On Texas Football. We'll have more for you coming up. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.